Welcome to the Truth Hurts program. I'm your host, Steve Z. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize in advance if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Please enjoy the program. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. Welcome to the Truth Hurts program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Been a really wild weekend, so let's get right to it. Joe Lyon Biden is at it again. Remember when he first said if you elect him, the skies would turn blue, the economy would miraculously heal, the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 will finally come to an end? Jobs would return, the infrastructure, you know, roads and bridges and housing would begin to recover immediately, equality would magically appear, racism would end, and everybody would get a $1,400 stimulus check right away? (laughs) Okay, let's take a look. Now, well into his second month in office, Gropey Joe has managed to see the worst week of jobless claims in a year. Over 815,000 new claims for unemployment benefits. More and more and more racism and inequality being claimed by the AA crowd. Warnings from Dr. Fauci that we'll probably need to wear our magic Muslim masks well into 2022. Fewer vaccinations into the arms of Americans than under the Donald Trump era. And of course, not only have zero stimulus checks been written, An announcement this weekend that the number of Americans that will be eligible to receive the magic checks is being diminished greatly as well. According to CBS News, President Gropey Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion proposed coronavirus relief plan would provide a third round of federal stimulus checks to millions of Americans. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle have expressed support for a proposal to give some relief, and there's less agreement, however, on who will be eligible now for the $1,400 direct payments. According to NBC News, Gropey Joe Biden will launch changes today to the main U.S. coronavirus aid program for small businesses in an attempt to reach smaller minority-owned firms and sole proprietors that he claims were left behind in previous rounds of aid, pandering obviously to the AA crowd and snubbing, obviously, white-owned businesses. Congressional Democrats are moving forward with Gropey Joe's relief plan through a process called Budget Reconciliation, which allows the Senate to approve the effort without a single Republican vote. As this process moves forward, House and Senate committees will discuss spending priorities before they draft and vote on the legislation. You see, through the budget reconciliation process, they can slip all kinds of garbage into the bill, and there's not a damn thing fiscal conservatives or Republicans could say about it. Back on February 4th, the Senate approved a bipartisan plan introduced by Democrat Senator Joe Manchin and Republican Senator Susan Collins. Okay, well, she's not really a Republican, but I guess we have no choice but to agree. That proposal was to block, quote, upper income citizens, unquote, from the next round of stimulus checks. Notably, however, the plan doesn't define what upper income citizens are. 
The measure would ensure that struggling families that need it most will receive the checks, Susan Collins said in a statement, with Joe Manchin already expressing doubts about the need to send $1,400 checks to those who might not need the money. On Thursday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told CNBC that the stimulus package should move through Congress over the next couple of weeks, getting closer to actual enactment. She noted that Gropey Joe wants to make sure the next stimulus check is appropriately targeted so it goes to people in need. You know, she said, not to very high-income people who don't need it. At the same time, it's clear that millions of households are still suffering from income and job losses, and the number of Americans applying for jobless aid rose to 861,000 last week reversing several weeks of steady declines during the last months of the Trump administration. The latest job numbers paint a bleak labor market picture under the new Democrat president. So why are income limits an issue, you might ask? The two government stimulus checks that were issued last year under Donald Trump, $1,200 for the first round and $600 for the second round, well, they had set income levels as well. For example, in the early rounds, single people could earn up to 75000 married couples up to 150000 and receive full payments, and then people with earnings above those would get smaller payouts as their income rose until the payments cut off entirely above 99000 for singles and 198000 for married couples. In the second round, the phase-out was slightly lower. 87000 for a single person, 174000 for a married couple, but that was the function of the smaller size of the check. Recent economic research indicates that finances have supposedly stabilized for middle- and higher-income families and those who have managed to work from home during the Kung Flu. So magically, Joe Biden gets into office and now middle- and higher-income earners suddenly have no more economic woes? Everybody's back to work? Everybody? Debate is being stirred among lawmakers and experts over whether direct aid should be targeted towards lower-income households which are more likely to feel the ongoing economic impact of the Kung Fu Wuhan flu. Households earning under 78000 annually supposedly quickly spent their second stimulus checks after they received them in January, while those with incomes over 78000 seem to have simply socked away most of the money. This according to research from the Opportunity Insights Economic Tracker, a nonprofit group led by a Harvard economics professor named Raj Chetty. Now here's my point. If you were fortunate enough to be able to put some of your stimulus money away so that you could make next month's house note or next month's rent payment, why are you being vilified? Why are you now being cut out of consideration for the next round of stimulus checks? Just because someone who made under 78000 decided to go out and buy a couple of flat screen TVs and some new tennis shoes and some bling or maybe some 42 inch wheels for their car doesn't mean they needed the money. They used it for toys and games and yo-yos. The income threshold might have to be lowered significantly, providing these checks only to people of single status who earn 50000 a year or less and married couples who earn less than $100,000. See, they're discriminating against middle-income America, as they always do. Promise you the world and deliver nothing. 
If this occurs, millions of households who received the prior two stimulus checks will not likely qualify for the third round. And during that contrived, scripted, planned CNN town hall meeting last Tuesday, Gropey Joe emphasized his commitment to a large stimulus effort. He said, quote, Overwhelming consensus in order to grow the economy year two, three, four on the road, line, line. We can't spend too much. Now's the time we should be spending. Time to go big. I'll translate that since you can't understand what mumbling, fumbling, tumbling, stumbling, bumbling, muttering, stuttering, puttering, fluttering, gropey Joe Biden says. He said the overwhelming consensus is in order to grow the economy a year, two, three, and four down the line, we can't spend too much. Now's the time we should be spending. Now's the time to go big. I warned you earlier that the Democrats would eventually start eating their own. Senator Bernie Sanders, the independent senator from Vermont, who always caucuses with Democrats, said, quote, It is absurd that some Democrats think we should tell a worker making $52,000 a year that they are too rich and cannot get the full $2,000 benefit we promised. $2,000? You promised? Well, the Democrats need to stop over-promising and under-delivering, don't you think? In the Democrats' never-ending fight to pit black against white, rich against poor, according to Morning Consult economist Joe Lear in his analysis of this proposal, quote, Low-income households and parents were the most desperate to receive their second stimulus checks and are most likely to need additional stimulus going forward. According to a survey conducted at the beginning of February, Americans with annual household incomes under 50,000 already spent roughly 67% of the stimulus money they received. But by comparison, households earning more than 100,000 only spent 50% of their stimulus. So, maybe they're also acting a little more austere or thrifty? Maybe they're saving their pennies because they know that the next round may never come. Maybe they're a little more intelligent and that's why they are earning 100000 a year when they are working. So for those of you so-called privileged folks who made $50,500, who are now being considered rich by the Democrats' new standards, don't expect a check at all. And for those of you unfortunate poor folks out there, the question remains, when will I be seeing my check? Analysts predict not for several weeks at the earliest. The House and Senate committees must first draft and vote on legislation, and then it's likely the relief bill might be passed by mid-March, and then checks could go out April, May. Now don't hold your breath, kids. The checks aren't coming anytime soon. And for you who make over $50,000 a year, they're probably not coming at all. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Well, it's that time of year again. No, no, not talking about St. Patrick's Day. I'm talking about CPAC. No, not CPAP, that noisy, uncomfortable face mask for sleep apnea. CPAC, the massive fundraising event and town hall event that sometimes is the starting point for Republican and conservative politicians to make their voices heard, establish name recognition, and sometimes to try and make amends to conservatives for past boo-boos made, either on the campaign trail or while in office. CPAC, as you know, is the Conservative Political Action Conference, 
and it opens this Thursday in Orlando, Florida. Your former Vice President Mike Pence was expected to be one of the headliners at this year's event, but he announced this morning he will not be attending. He made the announcement shortly after learning that his former boss, Donald John Trump, will be one of the keynote speakers at this year's event. You see, boys and girls, little Mikey and little Donnie are not playing well together lately, according to sources close to their relationship. Perhaps Mikey's still licking his wounds in the Trump community for not exercising his constitutionally protected right to question the validity of some of the Electoral College results from last year's election of gropey Joe Biden. Perhaps he's trying to escape the political fray of being associated with Trump at all in some feeble hope to distance himself from his former boss in preparation for his own faction to somehow rise from the disastrous ash heap that the political party of Republicans has become of late. Perhaps he's just tired, worn out, sick of it all, done. I doubt it. As one of the most high-profile conservatives in the U.S., Mike Pence is usually a prominent speaker at this event. A source close to Pence told CNN that the former vice president is looking to stay out of the public eye for at least six months after he left office. Now, the news that Pence would not be attending came after Trump was confirmed on Saturday as a speaker at the event. Insiders reported last week that the way the conference is shaping up shows that CPAC is siding with Trump in a battle for the soul of the Republican Party. While the Republican grassroots and some lawmakers have remained loyal to Trump, a smaller group of influential Republicans, including Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, well, they're seeking to distance the party from the former president. Perhaps biting the hand that feeds you has consequences, Mitch. Well, that's one sure way to get the Democrats back in office. Divide that party. What amazes me the most is how this party, the Republicans, cannot see the writing on the wall. How they cannot understand what common sense Republicans and conservatives like you and I see and hear on a daily basis. You cannot unite a party if half of the guests love one of the invited guests and the other half of your guests hate that invited guest. You will not heal the party until you butthurt people get over the fact that Trump right now is the shining star of the party. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Oftentimes on this program, when I'm ridiculing the so-called unity and inclusiveness associated with the gropey Joe and Camel Toe, AOC and Pelosi, the Beto, the Yang, the Booty Gig, the Alphabet Gang, the BM Movement, Antifa, and other communist and socialist rhetoric factories who come together to be known as the left, I hearken back to an old soft drink commercial, and it featured some polar bears sitting around a campfire in the snow, singing, I'd like to teach the world to sing, or Kumbaya, or some other hippie song. You remember the ad. The polar bear sipping from a bottle of Coke, the people sitting around the campfire, all different races, all bundled up, sitting around the fire, drinking Cokes and smiling. Well, the ideology of everyone sitting together, singing campfire songs and drinking the popular soft drink has now been given a black eye pun intended. Why? 
because the large soft drink company that is associated with those polar bears and those campfire songs has now issued a new training initiative to its hundreds of thousands of employees, urging them to be, quote, less white, unquote. Now, before I get into the meat and potatoes of this ridiculous plan, I need to ask the following questions. Number one, if a white person is expected to be less white, does that mean they have to start acting more black? Number two, is this not racism defined? Number three, can you just imagine if a company like BET or FUBU came forward and told its employees to be less black? Question four, is being less white supposed to mean that employees are now allowed to stop speaking and writing proper English? Stop dressing in proper business attire? Start wearing bling and baseball caps backwards on their heads and pants on the ground and oversized bright tennis shoes? Are they supposed to stop listening to country music or adult contemporary and only start listening to hip hop or R&B? Question number five. Can white folks now start calling the other white folks the N-word with impunity? That would be less white, wouldn't it? I'd like to read to you an article from Newsweek today. Coca-Cola facing mounting backlash from conservatives online has responded to allegations of anti-white rhetoric after an internal whistleblower leaked screenshots of diversity training materials that encourages staff to, quote, try to be less white, unquote. On Friday, Carlin Borisenko, an activist, shared images from an internal whistleblower of the company's online racism training. The slides include tips to learners on how to be, quote, less white, less arrogant, less certain, less defensive, less ignorant, and more humble, unquote. One of the slides read, in the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand it is better to be white, unquote. Coca-Cola spokesperson actually confirmed that the course is part of what they call learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace. They also noted that the video circulating on social media is from a publicly available LinkedIn learning series and is not a focus of our company's curriculum. Our Better Together Global Learning Curriculum is part of a learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace. It is comprised of a number of short vignettes, each a few minutes long. The training includes access to LinkedIn learning on a variety of topics, including diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, isn't that special? Conservative political commentator Candace Owens, who is black, rallied against Coca-Cola and urged its employees to go ahead and file lawsuits against the company. Good idea. In a tweet, Ms. Owens said, quote, If a corporate company sent around a training kit instructing black people on how to be, quote, less black, unquote, the world would implode and lawsuits would follow. I genuinely hope these employees sue at Coca-Cola for blatant racism and discrimination. Can you just imagine, my listeners, if tomorrow someone like Coke came out and said, try to be less black, try to be less Asian, try to be less indigenous? Can we say that? Oh, hell no. 
So why should Coca-Cola urge its white employees to be less white? It is racism defined. I wonder if it's okay for you to go out in blackface and have a Coke and a big bright smile. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Well, the anti-gun people are rejoicing this morning after waking up to find out that three people were murdered near New Orleans over the weekend. Why? People are murdered every weekend in New Orleans. Why should this one be any different? Well, because these deaths were the result of a shootout at a local gun range and gun supply business. The anti-gun crowd are jubilant today that the shootout happened at a gun safety training class where a 13% double-A hyphenated American man got into a shootout with the white employees of the gun range. Here's the breakdown, as I've been told by local media. The Jefferson Gun Outlet is a combination gun shop, concealed carry training class, and indoor shooting range. It is operated by former law enforcement and U.S. veterans. It features a gun club, handgun safety and training classes, concealed carry classes, and of course, indoor live round shooting range. Just like the ones you see in those police movies. You know, where you put your paper target on the mechanical slide mechanism, push a button, and the target goes away from you to whatever distance you desire, and then you get to shoot your weapon with live ammo in order to sight in your weapon, practice your trigger pulls, whatever. Hell, I've been going to the indoor shooting ranges most of my adult life. But I've never witnessed anything like what happened over the weekend. Although I have questioned in my mind, when's it going to happen? Usually when you arrive at any shooting range, indoor or outdoor, you are never allowed to carry a loaded weapon into the common area. You always walk in with an unloaded weapon. And usually you have to present that weapon to the person at the counter to show that you have an unloaded weapon. And most of those places will ask you, is that thing loaded? And you are to pull it out and show them that it's not loaded. These rules are clearly posted in large print, bold font. They usually have some type of emoji or icon figure, you know, showing an unloaded weapon. Well, apparently this past weekend, a 13% AA hyphenated American customer decided the rules don't apply to me. So he and his children entered the facility he was carrying a loaded weapon. He got all butthurt and black hurt and was saying, why you axing me? Why you axing me? Did you ask them white people if their weapons was unloaded? Or something to that effect. We haven't seen the actual video yet. That's been taken into police custody to be used as evidence. Anyhow, an altercation verbally occurred where the owner or operator of the gun range asked the AA 13% hyphenated minority man to please not carry a loaded weapon into the facility that you load your weapon when you get into the live fire area of the indoor gun range. He got his butt hurt and decided to show his ass. And he fired a warning shot before unloading his entire magazine filled with bullets into employees and customers of the facility. Now that's a pretty stupid thing to do. Because everybody in that facility that works there is armed. They're allowed to be. They returned fire and killed the 13% AA hyphenated American minority man who dared to come in with a loaded weapon against the rules of the facility and open fire. He simply only had to do what he was requested to do by the management of the facility. 
unload the weapon, unchamber the round, and then sign in, go to the live range, and do what you came to do. The operators told him to unload the weapon or he'd have to leave. The man got pissed, started shouting, fired a shot in the air, then unloaded his entire magazine into the employees and customers in the common area. And the employees, who were always armed, returned fire, killing this idiot. But of course, his family got on local television saying he was a good boy. He won't never be doing nothing like that. So it must have been racism. They must have been racist against him. The race card was automatically played as it always is. But boys and girls, this is likely where the local reporting will stop in New Orleans. The video camera footage of the event from the security cameras inside were obtained by local law enforcement. And it will be reviewed. And it will show that this clown was not treated any differently than anyone else. He was asked to unload the weapon and he flew off the handle because somehow he's offended by those evil white men's. But it was not any different than you or I. Now the story will likely die along with him because the media will not want to anger the AA community when they learn there was no racist motivation, no racist action, and that this AA 13% minority animal just lost it. The calls are already coming in to shut down this gun range and all of the other gun ranges and clubs in Louisiana. The media racist lie will continue to show pictures of this good boy that would never do nothing so bad. It must have been racist. And all those evil white supremacists, white gun store owners will be forced out of business and they will forever be labeled racist killers. That's probably what will happen. We probably won't ever hear the final story on what happened or be shown the actual video footage because it would prove that there was no racism. Just an angry black man who decided to fly off the handle and murder people in cold blood and then got what he absolutely deserved, a killing of his own. I wish I could say this only happens in New Orleans, but this kind of stuff is happening nationwide. And it's not reported on the news because of the media's double standard. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Speaking of only in New Orleans, you might recall that I told you New Orleans Mayor LaToilette Cantrell, LaToya the Destroyer, canceled Mardi Gras parades this past year. Well, some die-hard carnival fans decided to decorate their homes to resemble Mardi Gras floats. Some people paying up to $15,000 to local artists to transform their homes into Mardi Gras floats so that people could drive by their homes and still get a taste of the Mardi Gras. And lots of Mardi Gras floats usually are themed with some political satire or some historical attribute of stores that aren't there anymore or what have you. But in the instance of one particular house float, I want to read an article to you from WWL Radio's website. New Orleans EMS personnel responded to a report of a possible cardiac arrest this past Friday. What they found was a life-size Bernie Sanders-like figure seated in a chair, somewhat slumped over, complete with a box of Popeye's chicken and those wonderful mittens. No word on how this one ended up seated in the front door of a home where he was mistaken for an actual senior citizen in distress on a cold morning, the EMS team was posing with the Bernie-like look-alike, and they posted the humorous tweet 
for the picture. Poor Bernie figurine out there in the cold, but at least he had warm box of Popeye's chicken, right? Only in New Orleans, folks. And that's going to do it for this morning's edition of the Monday Truth Hurts program with Steve Z for February 22nd, 2021. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you on the next program. Let's face it, crap happens. My car, you know, it like, it like doesn't have like, you know, like that automatic brake thingy. Like, you know, that tech that like, like makes the car like, you know, stop like by itself. So you don't have to like, you know, like slam on the like the brakes when you're getting ready to like, you know, hit the car in front of you. And so I like smashed into this like car and the lady was like really mad because she like, you know, she had her like her head snapped back and she claimed like she had, you know, like whiplash or something. It's just not fair. Like poor people like me are getting screwed like all the time. Were you involved in an accident that was totally your fault if you're looking to blame someone else for your own stupidity? Call the law firm of We Know How to Rip Them Off and Good today at 1-800-SCREW-U-2. That's 1-800-SCREW-U-2 today. Our team of expert attorneys will show that income equality caused your accident and you won't have to pay a dime to the privileged elitists in that expensive luxury car. Call now. I am a non-attorney spokesperson. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, just stop listening. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. If our opinion or content offends you, we apologize, but we retract nothing. We do not own the rights to any pre-recorded audio presented during this episode. Those rights remain the intellectual property of the originators. This program is copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Network. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced in cooperation with Studio 63 and Steve Knight Productions. We'll see you next time.